0: Hello, welcome to This Week in the Atlantic Coast Conference, the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Jeff, one of your podcast co-hosts, and you can follow me on Twitter at TalkinACC Sports. The podcast moderator is Matthew, and you can follow him at Hokiesmash underscore ASD. I'll be turning it over to our moderator, Matthew, now as we welcome our podcast guest.
1: And I'm really excited about this, Jeff. First, this is Matt, Matthew, Tristan. If you can do us a favor, put yourself on mute just for a moment. That'd be They're very good, sir. Thank you so much. I want to give you a proper introduction. Uh, I'm so happy that we're having that we have that we have Tristan Freeman on here tonight. Uh, this is the longest running independent ACC podcast in the United States. This is the podcast for allsportsdiscussion.com. This is Matthew. You can follow me on Twitter at at smash underscore ASD. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at at ACC Sports. Our website is allsportsdiscussion.com and the site Twitter account is at AllSportsDACC. And as I said, we have a great return guest on the podcast tonight. It's all I'm always excited to hear great voices on this show. And we were so fortunate last year to have Tristan Freeman on this show. He is the owner and operator of Fansighted, Busting Brackets, just an amazing college football, uh, college basketball blog that just looks at the entire na- national college basketball scene. He's just a he's just a terrific writer, and he's got a terrific stable of writers. And you can follow Tristan on Twitter at at Hoopsnut three five one. That's at H O O P S N U T three five one on Twitter. And again. He is the owner and operator of the fan site at College Basketball Blog, the men's college basketball blog, although they do dabble in women's college basketball over there on that site too, Busting Brackets, and their site Twitter account is at Busting Brackets, and we're thrilled to have him back. He's a wealth of knowledge. Tristan, welcome back to the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast, the longest-running independent ACC podcast in the country. The floor is yours, Tristan. Anything that you want to f- plug about your site, people that are writing for you, features that you have going on, the floor is yours, Tristan. Thank you so much, friend.
2: Yeah, thank you for having me. I appreciate it a lot. Uh, not too much to plug. You can follow me at Twitter, at Hoopsnut351, as well as the Bustin' Brackets handle, at and Brackets. And then you can check out the website whenever you want. We got Articles coming out every day, especially now the season's going on. We have uh, uh, non-conference tournaments previews getting ready to go and doing a little bit of, uh, say, overreactions from the first week of the season because even though there wasn't a ton of elite games on paper, still was a whole bunch of interesting
1: results to take away. Just uh, Let me just ask you a quick question, Tr- Tristan. Who do you have writing for you at your blog this year?
2: Yeah, so so as always, we have we have a whole bunch of uh, of independent writers, uh, many co- uh, in college who are looking to get involved in the college basketball world. In and out, we still have our mainstay guys like Jason Burgess, Brian Morrow, jo- Joey Luce, and, and then playing newcomers as well, John Flinkskin, uh, and, and and many others. We have about a good couple dozen. Consistent writers going for us, and always looking for new people to contribute as well who have a desire to talk
1: about college basketball. Okay, friend. So let's get right to it, man. Let's come right to it out the shoot And who is on the ACC's hot seat for coaching as we start the college basketball season? The floor is yours, friend.
2: Yeah, you can argue that a, a third of the league should consider themselves on a hot seat. I, I I'm from the Pittsburgh area and cover local teams, so obviously I have to talk about Jeff Capel first. Just, just years of just um, unable to build momentum consistently. Whether it's some transfers, whether it's from uh issues with the law, with the third year in a row of a key player being indefinitely suspended and injuries now two key players including john Hughley out to start the season just just a struggle to get things going and it, it, an argument can be made that pittsburgh doesn't show any true progress regardless of how big the buyout buyout is that he, he could get going and then you look at, at another coach in, in brad barnell coming off of a r- rough loss at south carolina who could easily finish last in, in, in the sec you know, Clemson, as a program, has struggled to consistently get to a tournament. They may make a move. Look at Kevin Keats at NC State. He's someone that's also struggled to get momentum and finish last despite having two 18-point-per-game scores. That's going to be a rough go of it. Josh Pastner of Georgia Tech, the NCAA tournament appearance a couple years ago probably saved him. But if they don't get things going, he could be on the hot seat. And, I, and I, he's he's not on the hot seat yet. Because he literally just started. But Kenny Payne and Louisville, it's a disastrous start. Two losses to buy programs. And a lot of scrutiny when it came to sort of his offseason decisions not to add guards in the backcourt. Clearly coming back to haunt him. And Louisville is not a program where you're going to get a whole lot of time. If you really, really struggle and it can go south, then maybe a a year from now we could be talking about him potentially on a hot seat if things don't improve in a quick hurry especially if they don't get number one prospect dj wagner who reportedly is a kentucky lean and could make his decision to sign within the next few days
1: that's just a great response i mean got you you are in the know here because i learned some things that i didn't really know about about the south carolina game and perhaps how devastating a loss that was that was so that's you you are in the know and we're so glad to have you on here tonight so jeff you're up friend all
0: right thank you matthew all right um tristan you know who are some of the newcomers we should know about in the acc players and coaches um as we get started with uh, the 2022-23 season
2: yeah, so obviously, I think that to start off, you have to look at the Duke Blue Devils with all their freshmen. Just getting back, uh, Derek Lively, who played this past weekend, won four five-star prospects with him, uh, uh, Derek Whitehead, Kyle Filipowski, and then you look at Tyrese Proctor as well. I, I think people who follow college basketball know about them. Some of the other... Newcomers into the league you look at from the transfer portal Nigel Pack who's a quality uh, guard transfer from Kansas State. He's someone already coming in having a big impact. Pete Nance is starting for North Carolina. He's someone to watch as well. Uh, Freshman JJ Starlin is is getting minutes to Notre Dame and he's going to be someone that they're going to have to rely on to succeed. And then Judah Mintz uh, starting guard at Syracuse that their entire freshman class is going to get minutes considering all they lost and the fact that they only added one guy from transfer portal. So if, if Judah Mintz is someone that can have a big impact early, early on for them, and he and Joe Jorah can stabilize the backcourt, they could be a team that, 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 that finishes higher than you expect in the conference, because so far after the first week, you could tell that at the bottom half. It, it definitely has a whole lot of weaknesses to deal with.
0: All right. Good stuff there, uh, Tristan. Uh, you know who are who are five ACC players who are going to take the biggest leap in progress from last year to this year in your opinion?
2: Yeah, I think one player to to watch and where I think there's gonna be a lot of pressure on him to take a leap is Turkavian Smith and he he averaged over 17 a game as a freshman will have the ball in his hands even more now that Darian Sebron's out the way. But the important leap is going to be on the defensive end. He was not good a- a- as a guard player last year, and that's sort of why the team was awful. If he- if his uh, sort of breakout comes from both ends of the court where he can be a successful defender, now you have an NC state team that can be a lot more competitive. You look at a team in Louisville, L- Ellis, he was a guy that was in a three-way timeshare in the backcourt with two other guys. Now he's literally the only guard for the Cardinals and and he went for 29 in the loss to right State. He's someone that has to go for 20 plus and play 35 plus minutes just for them to even be competitive. So I think when it comes to guys that are taking the leap, he's someone that has to do it. And so far he's been able to do that. And then one other guy I, w- I would take a look at would be Jordan Tech's uh, Debo Coleman, former top 50 prospect. He's someone that was sort of shuffled, sort of role player last year. This time around, you know, it's pretty much a free-for-all when it comes to guys that they're needing to sort of take leading roles. He's someone that has the talent to do so, and if you're in Yellow Jackets trying to avoid the bottom in the ACC, you're going to need someone like him to really break out and be a focal point in the offense. I would say... Two more guys. I think one obvious candidate would be Florida State's Matthew Cleveland, former five-star prospect, Uh, that that was second on the team to score. He's having a so-so year. The team as a whole has really been struggling, but I think for him to turn around, they're going to need him to really perform. And the guy early on that's been sort of the breakout player of the week is Sean Perdula. He's averaging 20 points per game for – Virginia Tech uh, as a starting point guard. He's replacing Storm Murphy. Murphy sort of had his struggles on and off last year, which is why the Hokies nearly missed the tournament. So far, Padula is able to step right in, have a big impact, and the Hokies are going to be one of the better offenses in in the country. And it's assuming their backcourt can play good defense. They're going to contend for a top-four spot in the ACC without
0: question. All right. Outstanding. And, um, you know, speaking of, there are the ACC teams here, um, you know, as, as we got conference play, not too far off, you've got a week to look at some of the ACC teams, you know, rough start for Louisville, uh, rough start, for Florida state. We saw rake forest play very well against Georgia uh, Clemson, you know, going down to Columbia uh, had PJ hall back and still, um, you know, couldn't come out with a victory a- against what is likely to be a pretty bad South Carolina team. Um, Tristan rank, rank the ACC teams you know as we head into to conference play, preseason tournaments and, and a week that you've seen some of the teams uh, play already.
2: Yeah, so starting out at the top, I think North Carolina hasn't been all that impressive. We're we, we barely beating uh, UC Wilmington and the College of Charleston, actually losing at the half the College of Charleston, who has a history with them. So it hasn't been the most impressive, but I think you can argue that they're sort of sleepwalking until they get to Indiana in the big, big ACC Big Ten Challenge. Duke number two, been perfectly fine. Uh, Virginia Tech. I think has been the most impressive team out of the rest of the group. So I think give them three. Uh, Miami number four, Virginia five, Wake Forest, six, Notre Dame seven, Syracuse eight. Looking down, I would say, uh, NC State nine, ten, Boston College eleven, Clemson twelve, Pittsburgh thirteen. Florida State, 14, Georgia Tech, and then 15, Louisville.
0: All right, we're going to go into our next round of ACC questions, and we're going to call this our lightning round because we got a series uh, of questions looking at the ACC season and getting your quick answer, Tristan. Uh, So we're going to start with which ACC team will exceed expectations this year that we don't expect?
2: I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with uh, NC State because I think defensively it will make it to big turnaround.
0: Okay, which ACC team will perform lower than expected this year?
2: I think I think Clemson has a good chance of finishing towards the bottom. Did they do get PJ Hall back faster than anyone expected? He was he had a, a December timeline, but he he was able to play in the, the last game. But the guards are a big weakness, and unless someone steps up out of nowhere, I'm not sure where where they'll be able to be able to be competitive overall.
0: Uh, preseason ACC Player of the Year.
2: I'm going to give it to Amondo Bacon. I think he's someone that can easily go for 20 and 10 this year. And and assuming that Tar Heels are the best team and he's the best player, I think it's rightfully his award to lose.
0: All right. Preseason ACC newcomer of the year.
2: Ooh, I'm I'm going to give it just from a production value alone. I'm, I think Nigel Pack is going to be able to get it because he's going to have such a huge role in the Miami offense.
0: All right, preseason ACC coach of the year.
2: Ooh, this one's going to be interesting. I I think I'm going to give it to – I'm blanking on, on, on his name right now, the coach for Virginia Tech. Oh, Mike Mike Young. I, I think he's going to be – I think Virginia Tech has a good chance to be ranked for a good portion of the year be the third team, and I think he'll be able to get that spot.
0: All right, and who wins the ACC men's basketball title?
2: I, I think right now, if 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 it was Coach K, I would probably go Duke because I, I think it's tough for Taylor North Carolina to repeat after the big run they did in, in March, but I think the Tar Heels are, are least likely to lose games in league play that they shouldn't, so I'm going to give it to the Tar Heels.
0: All right, super. Um, Matthew, I'm going to turn it over to you for the last couple questions in the podcast. Lots of love there for Virginia
1: Tech, Tristan. You're making me a little, a little nervous. <laughs> no, but seriously, it was it was cool it was cool hearing it. I hope it I hope it I'm putting on my non ACC hat here and fan hat here. I hope it I hope it I hope it works out. My biggest concern about the Hokies is the post play and when they have to start playing with some of the trees that's when I get concerned about the Hokies but well hopefully that hopefully that turns out we're going to find out a lot when they play play ODU and a few of these other teams before they get to conference play so let's let's hear it today man well how many ACC teams do you have in the NCAA tournament today November 13th I'm
2: going to go with a range of five to six. I think there's a concern that the bottom of the league could, could really pull them down. Hasn't been a great opening week for the conference. But you look out elsewhere, a te- uh, team like conference like the Pac-12 has had several bad, bad by game losses. The major leagues like the Mountain West and A-10 wasn't very too impressive. So I think there'll be bids to go around. But it could be, but I think there could be a few of them that ends up on the bubble. I think there will be three that will be definitely safe, but but a few more that will get in, but we'll probably have to sweat. Similar to last
1: year. Very cool, very cool. So here we go, man. Open microphone time. The floor is yours, Tristan. Anything you got to say about sports?
2: Yeah, just 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 sticking with college basketball. I my my. My preseason pick to win it all was UCLA because I think they have a really good defensive team. But I think overall it's going to be a really wide open season. Like teams like Baylor and, and uh Houston have the guard play to win it all, but their front court could be taken advantage of. And, and as every everyone else has said, this is going to be the year the big. There's you have to have quality front court play to to survive. You saw it in the, uh, the first big game of the season, Gonzaga and Michigan State, where the Spartans were the better team for about 30 minutes, but Drew Timmy was able to put the team on his back and carry them to a win. You're gonna Teams who have good front court players are going to be needed to make a run, but in the end, it's always going to come down to who got the best guards and who steps up in the final weekend of the season. That win it all, and I think it's going to be UCLA,
1: personally. You are awesome. You're just breaking news here tonight. Can I ask you a question, Tristan? Is this Drew Timmy's seventh year?
2: It's his fourth year. Actually, I know
1: I'm being a little facetious.
2: <laughs> it, it, it feels it feels that way, <laughs> but 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 it's fun because everyone complains about oh these guys have been here too long, but they're also like oh well all the stars only around for one year you know it's always good to appreciate players that stick around because they're the ones that ultimately create the storylines for us in the media to cover and take advantage
1: oh man you're awesome you're such a class act we love having you on the show and we want you to come back so that'll be my open microphone there you go please come back please come back to our show Tristan Jeff you're
0: Yeah, that, that was out, uh, outstanding, uh, podcast, Tristan. Uh, I, ha- I haven't quite turned the corner from, uh, college football to college basketball, but I mean, I'm, I'm up to speed now after, after this, uh, podcast talking with you, um, you know, we're still in the middle of, of college football and, you know, we got to take a you know, quick two minutes here to review what happened in the ACC this past week. Uh, you know, Clemson kind of got they – they got back on track against Louisville. Uh, game was never really in doubt. But I, th- I think you can see, you know, Dabo Sweeney and that staff. Um, they're they're going to put – they're going to handle DJ Uyonglele with kid gloves. Um, they definitely went very conservative in the second half, trying to avoid him uh, making a mistake, I think. Um, They basically started trying to run out the clock with with five minutes left in the third quarter and it almost bit them. But I I think you're going to see how how Clemson's going to try to get through the rest of the season and not to put too much on him Um, and and probably not switch to Cade Klubnik uh, at this point. Uh, I know Matthew blogged about this. Uh, Absolutely disastrous loss. For NC State, if you're if you're a program that you're trying to turn the corner from being pretty good to being very good, you do not lose to a team the caliber of Boston College on your home field under any circumstances. I don't care how many injuries uh, you have or what's going on. You lose that game and you've you've stunted the development of your program. And that was a disastrous loss for nc state i mean it puts a question mark on their entire uh rest of the season they got to go up to louisville now then they got to play red hot uh north carolina i mean a, a season where they were thinking you know dark horse playoff team you know could end up seven and five in a hurry um other side team going in the opposite direction florida state uh, i'm not so sure florida state might not be the best most complete team in the acc at the moment They are just like trucking opponents. Uh, They're doing it on both sides of the ball. Uh, Line of scrimmage, you know, very consistent. Uh, This is a team that is really trending upward. Um, They got a great chance to finish the season 9-3. and Um, We know what they did against LSU earlier in the year. Somehow that keeps getting forgot about. Anyone who ever talks about um, LSU, I mean, Florida State control that game the large majority of it until a couple mistakes made it closer than the score really, uh, indicated, but they'd never been able to really put it together, you know, over the course of the 60 minutes with any, with, with, consistency, we'd seen flashes. They're starting to put it together. And, and Florida state is really playing well. Uh, last thought, North Carolina. Um, if, if Drake may is not in your top three, you know, of your Heisman candidates, I don't even think you can watch college football. You know, you can say what you want about the schedule, um, but he has elevated North Carolina's program, got them in the, you know, when the playoff rankings come out this weekend, North Carolina's going to be in the top 13, top 12, and they're doing it on the arm of Drake May because they're still a really deficient defensive football team. But he, he's he's willing that. And I mean Wake Forest, you know, it was just but a few weeks ago. They were in the top ten and they you know, they're driving um, in the in the fourth quarter there and come up with a defensive play interception of Sam Hartman. Drake may goes the other direction, kicks the game winning uh field field goal. Um that's as, as good as quarterback wide receiver combinations you'll see in the country with Drake may and josh downs and that was another thing in that game you know josh downs missed part of that second half with an injury and and north carolina and drake may just kept that offense going so i mean if if you don't have him in your top three as a heisman candidate and he's not in new york um for that heisman show there's something really wrong but yeah looking forward to this upcoming week see how a fancy state can recover at louisville uh You got Clemson still faint, faint hopes of trying to sneak back into the playoffs. Very unlikely, but, you know, you got to keep winning and hoping and and see what happens. They get Miami this week. And, you know, Duke-Pittsburgh, pretty under the radar game, but, you know, two bowl-bound teams. And, you know, that's Matthews, uh, Coach of the Year in the ACC. Mike Elko's done an outstanding job.
1: Yeah, I'll just say a couple of things real quickly, Jeff. I mean, and – Oh, let me ask Tristan. Tristan, this first. Tristan, do you watch the NFL a little bit? Just a little bit.
2: Yeah, yeah I watch play NFL.
1: Okay, are are you as surprised with the bike Vikings as I am? Because I I feel like every week I sit on my timeline, whether it's Facebook or whether it's just Twitter, because I don't watch the NFL too much. But all I but I am from Fargo. My my friends, you know. Pretty much watch the Vikings, right? That's the closest NFL team in North Dakota, and they all I do all I do is I see these people complaining about them on every snap, and I'm like, "You're eight and one right now, right?" And it, I, I think that's what the Vikings are. Right? Are they eight and one? I mean, it seems like Lady Luck delivers some sort of fortune to the Vikings every week that I haven't seen in years. What are your thoughts? <laughs>
2: I mean, they're they're a good team in all in all in all sides of the ball. They have they good offense. They have really good running back. Kirk Cousins is a is a good quarterback. I think the question on him is is he someone that you can win multiple games in the postseason with? So he, even with the the Vikings having a good record, which isn't all too surprising, are you going to believe in him in January? Like that that's what it ultimately comes down to. He's the guy that can throw for three hundred yards. But in primetime games, which has sort of become the running joke where, hey, Kirk Cousins is elite on 1 p.m. games on Sunday, but put him in primetime, he freezes. Well, all the postseason games are going to be primetime ones. So if they go up against Dallas or Tampa Bay or or whoever, how will it work out? I think that's where the question's going to come. Don't win regular season, but are you going to pick them in the games that matter in the postseason?
1: That's yeah, a very good take. It's an excellent take. Jeff, I have a question for you. When's the last time Washington Huskies won at Oregon?
0: I don't know when the last time, but I mean, I don't know when the last time previous to this yeah, weekend previous was. previous to this
1: weekend. <laughs> previous to this weekend,
0: yeah. Yeah, I, I I. don't know.
1: I. I honestly think it's been – I think it was 1992. I think it's been 30 years since that last happened. I have to go back and look. I'll look at it this. I promise I'll look at it after this podcast. There's, It just seems like there's a lot of real weird stuff happening this year beca- in sports because I, I was kind of com- having a conversation with Matt Zemeck about that because I did not expect the Vikings to beat the – honestly, to win today in any area code against the Bills because – the bills have have loaded up for years on all these draft picks, and they have a, a rock solid defense. And somehow Minnesota found a way to escape, and the same thing was Washington finding you know going down and winning at Oregon. I'm actually I'm shocked about that. I saw that yesterday. I thought the, the weirdest things happen on on these weekends in November. I mean, you talked about you talk obviously we I blogged about it, and you talked about it about about NC State losing to Boston College and there are things that you just don't expect on uh, on a random weekend in November when you don't think that the football schedule is that great and that's when the bottom drops out. And that's why we love college football. That's why we love college basketball. And let's just go for the ride because this, you know, between now and like, I suppose the middle of November. We're going to be having college football and college basketball on. It's like a feast, and I can't wait, guys. So, Tristan, thanks so much for coming on the All Sports Discussion ACC podcast. We loved having you come on this show, and we would absolutely love for you to come on around the midseason point if you you can spare, spare a few minutes for us. Thanks again for coming on, friend. Yeah,
2: absolutely. I can come on whenever you guys want.
1: Oh, you're awesome. Thank you so much, Tristan. All right, guys, have a great week.